It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Well, here we are, Ash Wednesday. Can you believe it? Already Ash Wednesday. Hi, I'm Josh Raymond, and so glad to have you here during this hour of The Inner Life as we kick off this Lenten season. And, uh, of course, hope you'll be with us throughout all of Lent as we try and walk together and uh, make this a season where we do grow closer to God, grow closer to Christ, and um, really kind of gear up for Easter. I mean, that's what this is. This is a time of preparation for a huge celebration that's yet yet to come. Today, as we begin the program, uh, let me ask, when you go grocery shopping, what kind of person are you? Are you a person who takes a list? You make out a list of all the different things you're going to get at the grocery store. Or if you only have a few things that you're planning to pick up, do you just go and not write anything down? You're pretty sure you'll remember everything that you need. My wife, Baylan, she does not like to make lists when she goes to the store. And this does mean that occasionally she'll forget something that she did originally mean to uh, purchase there at the the grocery store. I almost always make a list because I know I'm going to forget something. Uh, So that's the first reason. want to make sure I don't forget something once I'm walking through the aisles of the store. The other reason is actually to help me keep on task so I don't buy extra things that I need, especially if I'm hungry, you know, when I stop by the store. And you've probably heard that advice before. Don't go shopping for groceries when you're hungry. And that's good advice because... When you haven't eaten recently, it's easy to start throwing a few extra things in your cart, things that look good in the moment, those impulsive buys. If it's been a long day at work for me, and I'm supposed to pick up something on the way home from the store, something that's going to go along with dinner for that night, that's probably the most dangerous time for me. You know, several hours since lunch, I stop in, and then all of a sudden, that bag of chips, boy, that might be something that could tide me over until dinner is ready, and You know, we might need some dessert, and the kids love Oreos, so I'll pick up a pack of those. But it's for the kids. It's not for me. It's for the kids. Oh, and those strawberries are on sale. Uh, Better pick up those strawberries. It'd be foolish not to buy them. They're at such a great price. Oh, and there's some cheese, and I know we don't need any cheese with dinner tonight, but it's cheese. I, I better pick it up. So pretty soon the cart is full of all kinds of things that I didn't originally mean to buy. And I'm there in the line at the checkout. And then, and this has happened to me more than once, several times, I get outside, I get all the bags of groceries loaded in my car, I'm ready to start driving home, and then I realize I forgot one of those original things that I was supposed to pick up for dinner that night. So then I have to go back into the store and get that one thing that I forgot. And since I'm a little embarrassed at forgetting, I try and avoid using the same checkout line, avoid that same cashier when I go through a second time. You've probably experienced something similar to that. Uh, Of course, not only with shopping, it can happen in so many areas of life where you're supposed to be, you you know what you're supposed to be doing, but you get distracted from the main purpose, from that original task that you're supposed to do. You get kind of lost in the moment and some smaller side task, something that's maybe tangential to the original. 
it gets all of your attention. It might be somewhat related, but for a time you lose focus of the original objective, that bigger end goal. Well, as I said, today is Ash Wednesday. It's kind of this spiritual reminder for us that we shouldn't lose sight of the end goal of our lives. When you receive ashes today, you'll hear one of a couple of phrases. And the one that I like, it says, remember that you are dust and to dust you shall return. And I don't like it because it's morbid. I think it's because that line helps us gain that focus on the long game. You know, that none of us live forever. And we shouldn't try and fool ourselves, delude ourselves with this notion that, oh, death is way off in the future. It might be, but the fact is we will all die at some point. You will die someday. I will die someday. But that's not the end of the story. We all have been created for life beyond this mortal realm. So if we've gotten a bit sidetracked in the day-to-day happenings of this life, well, the season of Lent can help us gain back that vision for what really matters. It, it helps us focus on the real goal of our life here. And that's what we want to discuss today on The Inner Life, how to make this a great Lent, how to get back on track with our primary objectives uh, as Christians, keeping that end goal in mind. And our spiritual director for the hour, I'm glad to welcome back once again Father James Kabicki. Of course, you hear his voice regularly in his daily prayer reflections on Relevant Radio. Father Kabicki is a Jesuit priest, and he's the director of the St. Francis Mission on the Rosebud Reservation in western South Dakota. Father Kabicki, welcome back to The Inner Life. Well, thank you, Josh, and happy Lent. Yes, happy Lent. And uh, I guess, you know, grocery shopping, if you shouldn't go when you're hungry, this is a day of fasting for us, so <laughs> don't go today. Wait until tomorrow to do the grocery shopping unless you're in dire straits. That's right. And, I, I you know, I'm with you. I Tonight, when I'm going to be celebrating Mass and uh, putting ashes on our parishioners, um, I will use the formula, remember you are dust, and to dust you shall return. I like that formula best because um, it's so countercultural. Uh, in, a, in a world, in a culture where people uh, don't want to think about their mortality, the fact that uh, they're not going to live forever, um, you know, there, there's a, so much a sense of um, uh, you know, whistling in the dark. I'm, I'm not going to think about the future and whether I will... Uh, get sick and diminish and die someday. I'm going to live for the moment today. And in a culture where that is so prevalent, I think it's it's very important that the church, as it were, puts death right in our face today by saying, you know, you are dust. You don't have forever to get your back on track if you've gotten off track. You don't have forever to uh, reorder your life if it has become disordered. And so it's it's a great way of beginning this season of Lent where we um, really put ourselves in God's hands and ask him to purify us from in those ways that, that we need to have ourselves uh, made more holy. Well, you know, one of the things that has stood out to me, uh, being a convert to the faith, and, you know, you start learning, okay, all these holy days of obligation, and this is not one of them. This is not a holy day of obligation, but I find it fascinating that Ash Wednesday, almost every year that I go to Mass on Ash Wednesday, it's so well attended. I sometimes will see more people at Mass on Ash Wednesday than I will for other days that are truly holy days of obligation. Why do you think 
Ash Wednesday is so popular. You're, you're talking about a culture that wants to ignore that we have limited time, that we are mortal, that we should focus on something beyond just today. And so this is a day, Ash Wednesday, that starts this uh, season of penance. But then we see so many people who really flock to parishes on Ash Wednesday and say, okay, I, I'm here ready to begin Lent. Why is there that popular, that desire for so many people to enter into a season of um you know, limiting yourself of, of doing penance, uh, giving up things. What do you think that is, Father? Well, I, I don't know if, if, um, if, if that many people um, actually make that connection with, um, you know, being in, uh, in touch with their mortality or that they, uh, they see it. I think for many serious Catholics who are regular churchgoers, there is a sense of this is a, a different season in the church and we want to make the most of it. And so, you know, dioceses will encourage uh, buttons and things that will um, make a person aware uh, that this is a time for some special, um, let's say, devotions, uh, whether it's fasting, abstinence, prayer, um, whatever it may be, almsgiving. But I think for a lot of people, at least my experience with, with Ash Wednesday, um, at least here on the Rosebud Reservation, is that many people... Um, come because, uh, one, there's a sense of, well, uh, receiving something, you know, I'm doing something out of the ordinary. It's, it's not just a regular Mass, as though a regular Mass is not giving us Jesus Christ, body right, and blood, right. soul and divinity. But there's something extra with this. And then I, I think the second thing is that um, it's, it's uh, so identified with our, our Catholicism, our Catholic faith. And so for many people, it's a way of reinforcing for themselves and for other people, I am a Catholic, and uh, I may not be that regular in my church attendance or whatever it may be, but I am a Catholic, and so I want to receive my ashes today. Um, and and so I, I think it all depends on on the in, you know the different groups of individuals when it comes to why is it so popular. But you're right, it is popular. People come forward here on the reservation as well to receive the ashes. Yeah, it, it's always just struck me as kind of a very unique, uh, you know, day for Catholics, um, where you do you see people who, like you said, might not attend mass as regularly, but Ash uh, Ash Wednesday it seems to bring out almost everybody. Let's uh, talk about the reason that we do receive ashes on our forehead today, Father. Um, in the Old Testament scriptures, we see different times where someone, or maybe even a group of people. They they want to repent from their sins. They wanted to seek the mercy of God. And so then they would fast, just like we're doing today. They would wear sackcloth, um, a kind of an uncomfortable garment, and then they'd sit in ashes. Is this a somewhat similar theme that we're trying to express by having ashes uh, placed on our forehead when we go to Mass today? Yes, similar, and also in in the Old Testament, and I, I looked this up, we have references in the book of Job, chapter 42, and chapter 6 of the prophet Jeremiah, chapter 9 in Daniel, uh, the prophet Daniel, and ashes are used to express grief. Uh, Tamar expressed grief uh, in the second book of Samuel by putting ashes on herself, and so ashes express grief, and for us then, there's a sense of grieving, not 
simply because we hear those words, you are dust and to dust you will return. But the sense of I'm grieving for my sins, I'm feeling sorrow for my sins, and I want to show that sorrow for my sins by uh, putting ashes on myself. Um, and and that that's, I think, very important because, um, again, this whole season of Lent is about um, repentance. And so repentance really begins with admitting I need help. I've done something wrong. I need God's mercy, and I want to get back on track. I want to repent of my sins. In the New Testament, we have Jesus referring to ashes and pen, penance in in the same breath. Uh, we see that in Matthew chapter 11, Luke chapter 10. And so by the time of Jesus, ashes has become not just a, a sign of grief, that I'm mourning the loss of a loved one or mourning for my sins, but it's also, uh, in Jesus' mind, directly connected with uh, doing some form of penance, as it were, making up for the sins that I've done, showing that I want to live a new life by doing something that uh, is, uh, let's say, uncomfortable or that reminds me um, that I am a sinner and I need to uh, have God's mercy to change my life around. Well, let's also talk about what Jesus says in regards to fasting as well. And I also want to f- uh, open up the phone lines here, Father, for anybody listening. Our studio line, as we're talking today with Father James Kabicki, the studio line is 888-914-9149. That's 888-914-9149. And uh, talking about, of course, Ash Wednesday, why we receive ashes. But we also want to, this hour, talk about those three different pillars that we talk about of Lent, fasting, prayer, and almsgiving. And want to hear from you. What are some of the things that you're doing to make this Lent special, to try and have that focus, that that maybe refocus on your spiritual life? What are you fasting from during this Lent? What are uh, different prayers that maybe you're going to incorporate into your daily routine here in Lent? Maybe there's some devotions that you're going to do. Uh, how, how are you going to give alms? And maybe in the past you've seen that's helped you become even more generous. How has it helped you become a more joyful disciple of Jesus? Again, the number to call, 888-914-9149. Uh, but on the idea of fasting here, Father, um, Jesus, in his Sermon on the Mount, he says, when you fast, do not look gloomy. This is from the sixth chapter of St. Matthew's Gospel. Um, and so Jesus says, don't look gloomy like the hypocrites. They neglect their appearance so that they may appear to others to be fasting. Amen, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that you may not appear to others to be fasting except to your father who is hidden and your father who sees what is hidden will repay you. And so I've heard a question come up many years uh, going here on Ash Wednesday is wearing ashes, is that going against what Jesus is saying here? Because there's kind of two different sides of this. We've got where Jesus is saying, don't draw attention to yourself when you're fasting. The ashes obviously are an outward visible sign of Ash Wednesday for us and, you know, the penance, the the fasting. But we also have this opportunity in our culture to be a very bold, strong, visible witness for the church by wearing the ashes on our forehead. So, I mean, there's a real benefit in that. What do you think, Father? What, how should we understand Jesus' words while we wear those ashes on our forehead today? 
I think part of it has to do with motivation, because, you know, we also have Jesus saying, you are the light of the world, you are the salt of the earth, and and he says, let people see your good works so that they may give glory to God. And so certainly wearing ashes today is is a good work. It It is a witness that uh, I am Catholic and my faith is important to me. Where Jesus is uh, criticizing the Pharisees is that they would perform these religious actions and devotions in order to draw attention to themselves and to... Um, um, in, in their motivation was pride, you know, to have other people look up to them. I think we live in a culture and a time where uh, people don't necessarily look up to Catholics uh, and and see, you know, the ashes as us uh, being proud or, um, you know, that, that we're performing an action that other people will praise. Um, just the contrary, um, some people I know, are uh, as soon as they get the ashes, they want to rub them off so that nobody will think we're too religious, you know. So um, I think it's it's all a question of motivation, you know. And, and I would imagine that for most of us today, we're not uh, receiving ashes and wearing them uh, the way the Pharisees would be doing um, in 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 the time of Jesus. Our spiritual director, Father James Kabicki, is today we're talking about the beginning of Lent here on Ash Wednesday and how we can make this a great Lent, how we can have that end goal in mind of knowing that, you know, we have more that we've been created for than just this life. And we want to talk about fasting, we want to talk about prayer and almsgiving, the three pillars of Lent. And we want to hear from you, too. How are you incorporating these three different aspects of Lent into your life? Uh, maybe you haven't finalized what you're doing for Lent, and that's okay, too. We, uh, you know, Maybe you're looking for some suggestions on what you might be able to do as far as adding in uh, you know, ideas for fasting, different prayer devotions, uh, being able to help those in need around you. Uh, but you're welcome to call into the studio at 888-914-9149, Our email address is innerlife at relevantradio.com. More to come right after this here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Ash Wednesday, first day of Lent. I'm Josh Raymond and glad to have you along as today we're talking with our spiritual director, Father James Kabicki, a Jesuit priest and the director of the St. Francis Mission on the Rosebud Reservation in western South Dakota. The studio line to call into the program is 888-914-9149, As today we're talking about Lent, as we're talking about those three aspects of Lent, and would like to hear from you, uh, what are you fasting from during this Lenten season? Um, what are some of the prayers that you're going to be adding in, or maybe some of the extra time that you'll be spending in prayer? Um, how are you going to be giving alms to help those in need? And I also want to maybe just give a little bit of a disclaimer here. Uh, the goal here is not to talk about these things that we are doing in Lent so that we can get a pat on the back. The idea is that we can help encourage each other. Um, you know, maybe there is, maybe you're listening and you don't have any ideas of how you should grow your prayer life this Lent. Well, that's why we want to hear from some of you. What are ways that have helped you to grow closer to Christ, to grow closer to God 
in your prayer life? What are some things maybe in past Lenten seasons that have helped you uh, be a little less attached to the things of the world uh, just by the fasting that you've done in your own life? So again, it's a way we can encourage others not so much, you know, brag about what we're doing for Lent or, you know, get that pat on the back. But again, our studio line, 888-914-9149. And right before Coming back to the show here, you might have heard that little um, recorded piece by Father Rocky, our executive director here at Relevant Radio. He was talking about holy water, and that's one of our Lenten lessons on the Mass. And those, uh, that's the recorded version. We also have a video version that Father Rocky has recorded as well, and uh, that first one came out today, and he talks about holy water there too, but he also gives some brief explanation of the differences between some of the buildings that we use as Catholics, chapels, parishes, cathedrals, that sort of thing. And then when he does talk about holy water, he talks about two important things that we recall about our faith every time we use holy water and we make the sign of the cross. And the easy way to find out what he says about those things is just to sign up for Lenten Lessons on the Mass. It's absolutely free, and they'll be emailed to you. These video uh, recordings that Father Rocky has done, they'll be emailed to you every day, and it's not too late to sign up. You can just go to RelevantRadio.com or go to the Relevant Radio app, and you'll see the banner there for Lenten Lessons on the Mass. And you can sign up right there, RelevantRadio.com or the relevant radio app, Lenten Lessons on the Mass. Uh, Father Kabicki, before we dive right into the three pillars of Lent, one other thing that I thought was important to talk about here is the fact that in, in light of the conflict that we're seeing with Russia having invaded Ukraine, Pope Francis, he's also asked that since we're already fasting, we're already committing ourselves to prayer here on this Ash Wednesday, that today we also pray for peace in our world. Uh, any thoughts on prayers that we might offer, anything you might recommend as we do focus today uh, praying for peace? Mm-hmm. Well, I think, first of all, just it's, it's a great way of approaching fasting, prayer, almsgiving, the, the three pillars of Lent. Uh, I think it's important to to approach it not simply as I'm doing this uh, for my own uh, conversion, or but to to have a positive element to it. So to offer the fast we do today and our prayer, and perhaps the alms that we might get from uh, saving uh, a meal today that we're not having, um, or skipping coffee, whatever it may be, that that we use these in a positive way. So uh, certainly praying for the Ukrainian people, praying for peace, praying for a conversion of heart on the part of uh, uh, Putin and uh, and whoever is supporting him in this uh, unjust war. Um, and 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 perhaps even offering some of uh, the money that we save, the alms that we have, uh, to offer those uh, for Ukrainian refugees. Uh, so to give it that positive dimension, I think is so important throughout Lent to have in mind who I'm offering uh, the discomfort I feel with my uh, fasting or abstinence, who I'm offering my my extra prayers for. In terms of of uh, actual prayers, you know there are so many different peace prayers. Um, I always like the the prayer that is attributed to St. Francis, make me an instrument of your peace, so that as as we fast and pray for um, the situation in Ukraine, um, we pray not only for peace there, but also that we keep a peaceful heart, so that we don't... Um, 
you know, uh, foster negative uh, feelings, as it were, or uh, uh, any kind of animosity toward, uh, quote, the enemy. Uh, but when Jesus said, love the, your enemies, uh, basically he was saying, pray for them, pray for their conversion. Don't hate them, don't harbor any kind of uh, animosity, negative feelings toward them, but immediately try to purify those feelings and turn it into a positive prayer for their conversion. You know, another uh, prayer that Father Rocky had sent out to some of our listeners here was the collect from the Mass of the Blessed Virgin Mary, Queen of Peace. And uh, that is a beautiful prayer as well, asking for the intercession of Mary, um, peace within uh, the family as well as the world. In fact, uh, Nick, I just passed that along to you. Can you put that up on the Twitter feed for our listeners if they'd like to find that prayer? Um, Again, it's the Collect from the Mass of the Blessed Virgin Mary, Queen of Peace, and you can find that prayer. We'll have it posted on our Twitter feed, at Inner Life Show. You can find that there, at Inner Life Show is our handle. Um, Father, let's talk about fasting itself. You know, why does the Church ask us to fast today? You know, the the um, request of the Holy Father for peace in the world aside— even if that wasn't happening, the church still says this is a day that the faithful should fast. What's the ultimate purpose of fasting? Well, the you know the tradition goes back of forty days of Lent because Jesus fasted and prayed in the desert forty days before he uh, began his his active ministry. Um, and so right after he was baptized in the Jordan River, he went into the desert and underwent temptation and, and prayer and fasting. And so in imitation of Jesus, we engage in these 40 days of, of fasting and prayer. I like to say that uh, prayer is a form, uh, excuse me, that fasting is a form of prayer with our body. And I really came to understand this uh, being out here in South Dakota among the Lakota Sioux people who uh, have a ceremony called the Sweat Lodge, the Inipi, and it's a purification rite and uh, similar to fasting. Fasting can be very much a way of purifying our bodies, but also our souls, our spirits. And so uh, when you go into the Sweat Lodge, it's, it's not comfortable. It's very uncomfortable, and, and there's a certain element of pain and sacrifice involved in it. And similarly, if we're fasting, we experience a kind of hunger, a little discomfort. It's a reminder, it should be a reminder of our hunger for God, uh, that just as our body is, is hungering for food at that moment, so our souls, our spirits should be hungering for God. So there should be uh, a kind of connection between body and spirit. And so uh, I think fasting is a way of praying with our body, and it's a way of reminding ourselves that just as we have a hunger for uh, for food, for physical food, so we should have a hunger for the Eucharist and all kinds of spiritual food as well. Well, and as you're saying that, uh, you know, the reminder that we have a spiritual hunger inside of us, I guess the other thing that comes to mind is it helps us come to that recognition. We are not only physical. We are physical and spiritual beings. Mm-hmm. Right. We, we are physical and we are spiritual. So often we separate the two, and we either focus only on the physical or, or only on the spiritual. And, and we are really uh, embodied souls. Uh, we're 
uh, bodies that are enlivened by a, supernat- a supernatural immortal soul that can only come from God's creation. And so it, it is a good reminder that we uh, serve God as bodies and souls together. So fasting, one of the three pillars of Lent. Let's talk about prayer. Um, prayer is really just growing in our relationship with God. I mean, you know, if you want to know someone, the best way to get to know them is to have a conversation. And so that's really what we're talking about here is deepening that relationship. Uh, for you, have there been any specific devotion, specific prayers, anything that's made a difference in your life helping you grow in that relationship with God? Well, there, there's certainly the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius, but I would make the connection between prayer and fasting, that as we said, um, fasting is a physical yeah, um, for the body, thing, right. but it's spiritual. But out of that, then, we're reminded of our hunger for God, that we want to grow in our relationship with God. And uh, certainly, you know, right this Lent, one of the practices I'm going to engage in is there's this beautiful uh, surrender novena that I want to pray not just nine days in a row, but pray throughout Lent, um, because I'm finding that um, I'm involved in a lot of work and situations now that my tendency is to worry and to try to take control of situations and, and to not trust God. And so I love the surrender novena in which I can pray and turn that over to, to the Lord. Um, but I think any prayer that helps us to grow closer to Jesus and, as it were, uh, to enter into his heart, his way of seeing things, because then that ultimately should lead to the almsgiving. You know, that if we're saving some money by our fasting, and if our prayer directs our attention to how Jesus sees the world and its needs, then we will direct our alms to those needs that have come up uh, as we prayed with Jesus looking out on the world. Well, and as you talk about how that leads us directly to almsgiving, there's also no accident that in these three pillars of Lent, the fasting, the prayer, and the almsgiving, that the fasting and prayer, if they're helping direct us toward God, that helps us live out the greatest commandment that Jesus gives us, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. And then the almsgiving allows us to love our neighbor as ourselves, or maybe even more than ourselves. I'm going to give you the things I deny myself um, so you can have that, and I'll I'll help you out. So we get to live out those two greatest commandments there just by following and practicing these three aspects of Lent. That's right. You know, and when when Jesus... You know, when was asked, you know, what's the greatest commandment? And he said, love God with all your mind, heart, soul, your whole strength. And and then he said, and your neighbor as yourself. He combined those two. And that's what the Christian life is all about. And so as we enter into Lent, a period where we are to deepen our relationship with the Lord and uh, grow in charity for our brothers and sisters, where we're called to be converted more to living that double commandment in our daily lives, it's, it's no surprise that the fasting, prayer, and almsgiving help us to do that in a, in a, a very practical way during Lent. All right, so it, it just personal question here. Has there been one thing that you have fasted from that has either been the most difficult thing you fasted from uh, in your years as a Catholic father, or maybe the most beneficial um, fasting that you've done where you got to the end of that Lenten season and you said, oh, this really just, it helped me grow in my spiritual walk? Well, you know, that's where I think, and, and I'd encourage our listeners, Josh, 
to really pray about this because it you know it's easy to say well I'm going to give up chocolate or I'm going to give up coffee or I'm going to give up uh, wine or alcohol or um, or I'm going to give up you know using um, Facebook or my device and 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 watching 24/7 news you know I'm going to give up those things I, I think it's easy to do do to do that to just immediately think of that but but I think uh, I would really encourage our listeners to pray about, you know, where do you really need to to grow? Where is the Lord calling you to a conversion? And what kind of giving up, what kind of fasting will help you do that? And so, as I mentioned for myself, Josh, I I think in the past, I, I really can't think of something that I found so very difficult during Lent. I remember one Lent, I gave up meat for, for all of Lent, and, and I actually found that to be uh, an easy and a good thing to do. But this Lent, it, it was really on my heart as part of this surrender novena to, to try to really fast from worrying, to fast from getting anxious about um, the situations that I'm facing right now as director of St. Francis Mission, because there's some, some very difficult things going on right now that I tend to immediately get negative about and worry and wake up in the middle of the night and get anxious. And so somehow or another, I'm going to try to, um, uh, as soon as I catch myself slipping into any kind of worry or negative thought or anxiety, to immediately pray, turn it over to the Lord, and uh, make that part of my surrender novena as well. And I'll be honest, Josh, I think that's going to be tough for the next 40 days, but I'm hoping that I develop a better habit of uh, giving up worry and uh, trying to be in charge of things and, and to let God be in control. Well, you know, even as we're talking about this here, too, you know, that whether it's something very difficult or whether it's something that, you know, I, I mean, our family... We have for years as a family given up desserts, you know, uh, uh, throughout Lent. That's that's a very kind of standard thing. Give up sweets, give up chocolates. Um, uh, but there are other things that are a little more difficult that we've given up too. But even if you don't know exactly what you might want to fast from today, if you haven't made a decision, as we're talking about, you know, the the surrender novena that you brought up, Father. Um, if there's something that you haven't made a decision about. It's it's not that you have to have everything figured out for Lent right now. It's okay to say, well, this is a time of preparation. I don't want to shirk it off until the last week, you know, and I haven't done mm-hmm. anything until Holy Week, especially if I'm aware that I'm entering into the Lenten season. But it's okay to say, okay, I, I can still take another day or two to try and figure out maybe what, what does God want me to to give up. How does God want me to pray more? What are some of the things he would want me to do to, you know, really embrace and grow during this Lenten season? Great advice, Josh, because, you know, the first Sunday of Lent, and, and then we call it the first week of Lent, you know, we'll start on Sunday. And so we, this, is, this is kind of a preparation time for that. So um, I'm sure many of our listeners have already been thinking about what they were going to do for Lent uh, before this. But if you haven't, this is a good time in uh, today and, on, you know, through Saturday to be thinking about, okay, how, how is the Lord calling me to uh, make this Lent uh, a good Lent for myself? Where do I need to grow? How can I grow? Uh, what kinds of practices can I engage in in order to grow in the ways that, that God is calling me to grow? Because it's, it's certainly letting go of sin and being purified, but it's also that 
then I think of it in terms of like weeding a garden. It's one thing to pull out the weeds, the sins in our lives, but then to look at what needs to take their place. What are the good things that need to take the place of those weeds? And and so to give it that positive dimension as well. Our spiritual director for the hour here on The Inner Life is Father James Kabicki. He's a Jesuit priest, the director of the St. Francis Mission on the Rosebud Reservation in western South Dakota. Today talking about praying fasting and almsgiving and getting off to a good start this Lent. And how have you incorporated those three pillars of Lent in your life? In past years, maybe, what have you given up and how has it really impacted you so that you can grow closer to Christ? Are there any prayers or devotions that you've done in the past that have helped you in that Lenten season to grow deeper in your relationship with God? What are, you, what are you adding in as your prayers this Lenten season? What are you giving up? Are you, <laughs> are you doing something difficult, like giving up worry, like Father uh, Kubicki was talking about? And how about helping those in need, giving alms? How has giving alms made you a more joyful follower of Jesus, a more joyful disciple of Christ? You can call in and join the program, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. Email address is innerlife at relevantradio.com. More to come here on The Inner Life on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app right after this. and the Relevant Radio app. I'm Josh Raymond, and our spiritual director, Father James Kabicki, regular voice that you hear on Relevant Radio with his daily reflections. And he's the director of the St. Francis Mission on the Rosebud Reservation in Western South Dakota. And here on this Ash Wednesday, talking about how to make this a good Lent and also inviting your phone calls at 888-914-9149. What are you doing to make this uh, maybe a more spiritually beneficial Lent for yourself? Um, how are you trying to make your, uh, your, your spiritual journey uh, make that to where you're growing closer with God than maybe in past years? You really <laughs> want to try and make this the best Lent you possibly can. 888-914-9149. How are you trying to accomplish that this year? 888-914-9149. Um, Father, you know, one of the things that might be good to talk about here, too, is during the Lenten season, in past Lents, there have been times where I have fasted from something or I've incorporated whatever prayers that I'm trying to add into my daily routine I've done that through all the days, starting Ash Wednesday, all the way up until Easter. Um, There are other years where I'll give myself the break that I can take on Sunday, and I thought that might be good to talk about. Sundays are not technically included in those 40 days of Lent, because with Sundays, it's always a celebration of the resurrection of Jesus, but we still kind of get this little bit of recognition in Sundays, we don't say Alleluia starting today through um, uh, in, until we get to the Easter Vigil. And so we get that little bit of we're still in this Lenten season, but we can still celebrate a little bit on Sundays. Yes, that's, you know, that's good. And, and in terms of um, 
Well, you know, maybe a way of looking at it is, you know, healthy, knowing my own weakness, you know, that that maybe, um, you know, if I give up coffee or something, you know, that uh, um, on Sunday it would be okay to um, to have uh, a cup of coffee, you know, and, and to um, not... Um, because as, as you said, it is a reminder of the resurrection of Jesus, but we also have, because it's Lent, we also have the, um, um, we don't have the Gloria on Sunday, even though it's Sunday, we skip the Gloria. We don't wear white vestments, even though we celebrate Christ's resurrection, we continue with the violet vestments. Um, so there are things during the Sundays of Lent that remind us we're, we're still in Lent. Uh, so I think it could go either way that, you know, it's strictly speaking, um, you don't need to be doing those penances during on Sundays. Uh, on the other hand, uh, because it's still part of Lent, someone might feel it's easier to stay with that particular penance, you know, all the way through and and not have a break on Sunday. So yeah. I think the the key again is is to have a balance so that, you know, if Sunday or even you know if you're visiting people and 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 they offer dessert and you say no I get, I've given up dessert you know the more gracious thing is to, is to have a little piece of dessert not to have seconds you know but uh, to honor the person who's providing hospitality for you uh, rather than making a scene so I I think the 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 word balance is an important thing to keep in mind as we approach Lent well I know also just for me personally those things that I have given up during Lent and I, you know, I don't touch them again. You know, one year it was, uh, giving up basically every beverage except for water. I think, you know, once I got to Easter Sunday and had that glass of wine as a celebration, it actually made it that much more enjoyable that I had Mm -hmm. waited that much time. Um, same with other things that I've given up for the, the full span from Ash Wednesday to Easter Sunday. I think it makes it that much more of a celebration when you say, okay, you know, we are here at Easter and, and, uh, you know, if, if you can wait on those Sundays and not, you know, indulge, I think it makes it that much more special. I agree, Josh. I think that's a very good way of looking at it. And, and I would say, you know, that, um, we should also think of Sunday, you know, when, um, the church says, "Keep holy the Sabbath." We we might, especially during this Lent, consider, you know, am I in general keeping holy the Sabbath? You know, and it might be to say to ourselves, "Okay, for Lent, I'm not going to go shopping on Sunday, um, where other people have to, you know, have uh, work because of my shopping." Or, uh, better yet, um, the church encourages positive. Uh, works of mercy on Sundays. Right. So part of the Sabbath might be to visit some uh, a homebound relative or go to the nursing home or whatever it may be. So to engage in a work of mercy like that during the Sundays of Lent would be a really good idea. Mm. Uh, Father, another uh, topic that might be good to talk about here at the beginning of Lent, um, you know, for fasting and abstinence during Lent, we get some different questions. There's always the question of, well, what does fasting really mean? What are the guidelines that the church gives? And then there's questions about not eating meat on Fridays during Lent. That would also be today, Ash Wednesday. Shouldn't be eating any meats today here on this day. Um, But a lot of this, it it really goes back to an idea of self-denial, not being overly attached 
to things in this life and being able to be disciplined. Uh, again, making that, that kind of recognition that I'm more than just my physical being. Right, right. And strictly speaking, so uh, abstinence uh, is uh, on Ash Wednesday, Good Friday, and then all the Fridays of Lent. And abstinence means if you are 14 and over, you abstain from eating meat. Uh, and that includes poultry, you know, um, the other, uh, or pork, the other white meat, as they call it. Um, so we abstain from eating meat. Um, the fasting regulation is on Ash Wednesday today and on Good Friday. And it's for those who are 18 to 59, inclusive of those years. So if you are 18 years old or 59 years old, you should fast today. And fasting means that you may have one full meal and then you can have two smaller meals that do not um, um, add up to a full meal. So a little snack to get you through the day or through your work. Um, so one full meal and then two smaller meals that are basically considered snacks that um, help you uh, maintain your strength and energy for the day. Um, and, and that's what the church proposes. It used to be much more strict. Uh, so um, th- this is just a little bit. I remember uh, I spent about uh, I spent a Lent once in a Ukrainian Byzantine Catholic monastery where we had a very hard fast. Um, we had one meal uh, a day, and we had no meat or fish or dairy products throughout Lent, and so it was basically grains and beans and things like that. Um, and and I have to admit, I, I really got into the spirit of Lent with uh, oh. with that stricter fast. And somehow you survived, huh? I survived. And in fact, I probably, you know, I lost enough weight afterwards. I think it was a, a pretty good thing for my body as well. Uh, one of the other things is you're talking about, you know, a strict fast um, that you might observe and some of the things. The church also uh, recognizes if somebody has a medical need where they need to eat. Um, you know, if there's a mother who is pregnant or nursing and requires more calories through the day, uh, they are not bound by those same fasting rules that you're talking about for those between 18 and 59. So there's also kind of that, let's be practical about this too, that the church looks at and recognizes. Um, but don't. I think a lot of this, all of it, it seems to go back to kind of a heart attitude. If you're just looking for the, the, the bare minimum that you can do, uh, are you going to have the best Lent? Probably not. If you're really embracing Lent and saying, I want to do as much as I can, but I do have limitations, well, then God's going to be, he's going to recognize your heart attitude in that. That's right. And I'm glad you brought that up, Josh, because, you know, some people would become very scrupulous and they would think, well, if I have to take um, applesauce or something with my medication, um, that they're breaking the fast. No, you know, uh, those kinds of things. Again, you have to be prudent and uh, balanced about this. Your intention is not to break the fast, but because of your medical condition or, uh, you know, again, your nursing or whatever it may be, that you need to uh, also um, take care of your body. And so um, in, in those ways, uh, the fast is mitigated for those who have medical needs of one kind or another. 
Father, just about out of time here, but I wanted to leave a little extra time than normal at the end of the hour um, as we do begin Lent here on Ash Wednesday. Uh, give you a full minute for the final blessing for our listeners as we do conclude the hour. Okay. Well, let's pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, as your Son Jesus fasted in the desert and battled Satan, battled the temptations that came his way, we pray that you would help us during this holy season of Lent. We pray that we may enter into it now with a, with a generous spirit, that we may be guided by your Holy Spirit to consider the ways that you are calling us to fast and to pray so that our hearts may be turned towards the need toward the needs of your people and that we may be generous in our giving of alms this Lent. And we ask your blessing upon all of us as we begin this Lent. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Father Kabicki, always wonderful to talk with you. We'll look forward to having you back on the show sometime soon in the future. Of course, if you missed any portion of the broadcast from earlier in the hour, the podcast will be available here shortly at RelevantRadio.com and on the Relevant Radio app. And while you're there, if you haven't signed up for Father Rocky's Lenten Lessons on the Mass, make sure you do so. Um, you can get those delivered absolutely free to you your email inbox every single day here throughout the course of Lent. We'll see you back here tomorrow on The Inner Life. Stay tuned. Mass is next.